on one hand, the Bucks just got absolutely obliterated by the Memphis Grizzlies. But on the other hand, Athanasis' free throw at the end of the game saved them from a historic loss in the Mike Budenholzer era. The Bucks go down by 41 points to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, literally nothing went right in this game, but we are going to break it all down and discuss whether it actually means anything and are there any concerning trends, at least to keep an eye on moving forward as this schedule starts to get difficult. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and alongside me uh, an equally displeased founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast Frank Madden for today's episode that's brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. And if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I doubt you would have been going to Bet Online and giving uh, the, the <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies a 40-point head start. Uh, but they would have covered it. And this was a disastrous game. We should say we thank everyone for still listening and venting with us, potentially live now on the podcast. But whenever you get to listening to Locked On Bucks, we appreciate it, whether it's on the audio platform or on YouTube. Uh, we uh, we thank you because we don't have too many nights like this, Frank. Uh, but this game started absolutely awfully for the Bucks. They weren't able to find a way to score. They weren't able to slow down the Grizzlies. But we've seen it. In stretches before, but this just did not stop. And as I said, they were one point off a record loss under Mike Budenholzer. Uh, what's your first thoughts? We're about 20 minutes after this game finished here. I mean, it was just as big of an ass kicking as you're going to see in, in the NBA, right? I mean, and it wasn't just Memphis hitting a bunch of threes and kind of just having like shooting luck. I mean, physically, you know, Stephen Adams, like, beat the crap out of Giannis in the like legal good way. Like Giannis, I mean, just couldn't figure out Steven Adams. And I mean, Dylan Brooks just dog walked Chris Middleton that whole game. Like that, that might be the worst I've ever seen Chris Middleton look in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform. He's one out of 12, five fouls, four turnovers, um, had no chance tonight. I mean, he looked awful and Dylan Brooks just physically just dominated him. And, uh, you know, I mean, yes, the Bucks were missing Drew Holiday. Memphis was also missing Desmond Bain. Um, and it just felt like, you know, again, just the physical tone, the energy was just completely lopsided from the start. And there was no, you know, we talk about the rubber band effect where, you know, teams build up oh. big leads and then, you know, kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit or the other team, you know, mean reverts a little bit. I mean, we really didn't see any of that until – just the complete garbage time portion of the game. I mean, I was just, let me, let me see if I can just bring it back up, but the bucks were outscored by what, at least 13 to 15 points every quarter for the first three quarters. I mean, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And yeah, I mean, they just got annihilated and um, you know, for uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So the bucks were plus five net rating. I think they had a 106.6 defensive rating coming into this game 
I mean, that's going to look way different tomorrow morning after these stats hit the register. Um, so yeah, I mean, they were just crushed inside, you know, what was it? 44 paint points, I think in the first half, um, just Memphis kind of got where they wanted when they wanted and the Bucks could not get to the rim. They could not shoot threes, which was really the only thing that they kind of had as, as options. And so, yeah, it was just a complete ass kicking. And, you know, again, I think especially it's like these teams are never going to play each other in the playoffs unless there's some, <laughs> you know, long shot finals um, scenario. But, I, you know, Memphis has been the team that like people sort of like don't really want to take seriously as like, I think everybody sort of wants to treat Memphis as though they're too young to be like a legitimate title contender, but they kind of keep doing stuff like this, right? And they won 56 games last year. They're, they've won seven games in a row now. They're near the top of the West. You have to take them seriously because they're really good. And, you know, a team like the Bucks that everybody looks at as a contender, again, night to night during the regular season, they're going to have games, especially given kind of the team sort of team they are, where they're just not going to have it. And then they're just going to quit. And that's kind of what happened tonight. Um, so I think it says maybe less about the Bucks and more about just how good the Grizzlies are. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, like you can probably count on one hand, you know, games that were as just physically lopsided as, as what we saw tonight during the butt era. So you mentioned the 44 points in the paint and clearly there was some and there was, well, let's just say there was an extended garbage time in this game, but they finished with 86 points and Jim Ozowski from the Journal Sentinel at one point pointed out that the Grizzlies had more points in the paint than the Bucs had total in this entire game. And the Bucs have been right near the top for uh, defending the paint throughout the season. But it's not often you say this. And you, we looked at the Houston game the other day, and I did a solo podcast after that. And I said, honestly, it looked like the Bucs were just taking the piss out of their opposition. They thought that they were just going to sleepwalk to a win. On this occasion, they just didn't look like they were up for the fight. The Grizzlies smacked them early, and then the Bucs really just were like, I don't know if I'm up for this. And clearly they're a super physical team with starting with Steven Adams. Brooke Lopez got in early foul trouble. But let's focus on Chris Middleton just for a second here because he's played a few games back. Clearly, he clearly he's struggled. He's had some decent moments. Bit of a sugar hit the first game. He looked like he was maybe adrenaline helped him there. But you mentioned it, but one for twelve uh from the field. And in the end, he picked up his... It looked like a couple of fouls where he almost wanted to get out of the game. And Bud's like, I'm just going to leave you in there, man. You're about to come out of the game for the rest of the game. If you foul out, we don't really care. Get up a few more shots, see if you can do something. But even before he got that flagrant foul, which again was a very weird incident where he just grabbed the leg of Dylan Brooks. Brooks was up in his face for a few possessions there and it looked like it was going to be a long night right from the start. It's no surprise to anyone that there is starting to be some growing voices on Twitter about, oh, Chris Milton's in trouble. He's old. He's unathletic. The decline has started. He hasn't played basketball for six months. He's played seven games. It's going to take a significant amount of time for a guy that has historically had some slow starts over the course of his career. But do you have any bigger picture concerns for Chris? I mean, we, you, I mean I'm just – I'm not saying – hold your breath until he starts playing more consistently. I mean, he was, you know, pretty good in the last game scored, had his first 20 point game since, since coming back 20 points on 13 shots, again, padded by a bunch of technical free throws, but uh, you know, his, his passing, I think has been there since sort of he's come back. I think the passing, you know, we've seen since the first game um, has still been going, even on a night like tonight where he just stunk. He's I think still had five assists. Um, so, I mean, his, the playmaking, I think, you know, is still largely there, but, 
Yeah. I mean, again, this, this is kind of always this debate, like, you know, with guys who are more skill-based and less athletic, you know, is the argument, well, they're going to age well because they have that skill and that can kind of carry them longer versus um, the counter argument. Like, well, it, when you don't have much athleticism to begin with, then, you know, you, when you lose it on the margins and you, you start to get in trouble real fast. I mean, I think he's going to tend to, eight. I would, I would sort of veer more towards, I think historically, I mean, I think the numbers would suggest the former is, is generally more correct that skill guys do, do age a bit better. Um, but the problem is he obviously just, you know, is struggling to get into a rhythm and he doesn't, I mean, you know, I, I don't think he's in shape relative to, you know, what you would expect of him when he's kind of fully healthy and, and ramped up. So, yeah, I mean, the question is like, you know, he's had what, two, three weeks now. So you have to hope that at some point soon he starts to look a bit more comfortable, a bit more consistent. Obviously this game is a bit of an outlier because kind of everybody was bad, but he was the worst, right? I mean, he was the guy that, that stood out as, as struggling the most in a game where pretty much, pretty much everybody did. So, um, I don't know. I mean, again, it's like, let's, let's see how this, let's see how this goes. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm as big a Chris Milton fan as they come, but you know, when a guy stinks, you got to call it out. And it's, it's less that he's been just uniformly bad since he came back, but it's just, you know, obviously just the consistency isn't there. And obviously just the rhythm is, is not there right now. And so, um, you just have to hope that, that it comes sooner rather than later. Um, I think he'll obviously be much better than he's been so far. Um, but who knows? I mean, again, like, again, what will Chris Middleton get to? Will he get to the levels that we saw three years ago, the levels that we saw two years ago, a year ago, you know, is he going to be slightly worse than that? I don't know. Right. I mean, I hope he gets back to where he was during the better parts of certainly last season at 31. It's not like he's, you know, like really far down the aging curve. I mean, at his age, he should still be physically, you know, the same type of player. And I think again, probably what we're seeing now is just more of just the fact that he hasn't played live action, hasn't gotten into game shape, which again, as we talked about, you know, he was coming back, even though he didn't have a, you know, a leg injury or something that would prevent you from doing cardio and stuff like that. You know, at the end of the day is you, you can ride a bike, as much as you want, but playing in an NBA game, the rhythms of an NBA game is just a bit different. Obviously he didn't have any, you know, G league games or anything like that to, to get ramped up either. So let's just see how it goes. Right. I mean, I think we've, we've, we've seen him have some good games, right. So it's not like he's just been uniformly bad, um, but the consistency hasn't been there. So I think now the question is, you know, (laughs) how do you stop having these terrible games and just get back to a baseline of, you know, at worst decent, and at best, you know, all-star level, really good, uh, which is obviously what we know he's capable of and which, I mean, again, there's no reason why he can't get back to that, especially given, you know, the fact that he was playing late last season with a torn ligament in his thumb, you know, hopefully right now, obviously you think he's he's healthy and um, now it's just a matter of getting conditioning and, and rhythm back. So, so we'll see. And obviously on a night like tonight, when you don't have Drew, then it becomes far more obvious because you have to play through him more than you otherwise would. So, you know, we'll see. But obviously, if he can start playing better sooner rather than later, that would certainly be preferable because on a night like that tonight, obviously he was not contributing to to any to anything positive. Uh, that's right. And uh, if someone is a little and bit... by the way, I, that was a straight-up dirty play, the, the tackle of... of Dylan Brooks. I mean, Brooks is, you know, 
a dirty player, mm. probably. You know, I don't think he did anything tonight that was like, you know, it's not like he was playing dirty against Chris and he was just playing physical. But, you know, Chris, I mean, that was early in the game, right? Like, I think he, Chris kind of lost track of the ball. He thought it was near him. He kind of grabs him. But then, like, grabbing the guy around the leg so he can't run, I mean, that was that was a Bush League play by Chris. And, you know, it would have made more sense to do that if it was, like, the third quarter and you're blowing, getting blown up by 40. But that was early. I mean, it was it was the game wasn't a blowout at that point. Like it, it, you can tell though, that it seemed like Brooks got under his skin really quickly. And yeah, I mean uh, just a forgettable game in, in pretty much every respect. And if it's a dirty play, nothing's going to happen. If, if Dylan nothing's going to happen. That, there's going to be no injury Brooks, though. You, it's a, it's a flagrant, it's, it's a flagrant foul, but there's no injury happening. It's not a dirty play. But you don't grab guys around the legs when they're trying to run though. Yeah, but he's not, not getting hurt. It's not a dirty play. It's just a dumb play. And it's a flagrant fail. It's Bush League. It's a bullshit play. I mean, well, I live in like, the bush. Well, you do. It's an it outback is... play. <laughs> <laughs> it is nearly the holidays, though, which means that uh, people will be getting festive. There's no doubt about that. Really, last day of the office. It's Friday afternoon right now. Uh, last day for most office workers in in Melbourne. If you get that Christmas uh, period time off, so people are going absolutely ballistic in the city right now. It's a dangerous, dangerous time out there. Uh, but if you're hanging out with some friends and uh, putting back a few drinks, uh, a few can become too many uh, pretty easily. And the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but then you think you're going to drive. Uh, don't do that. Because if you think that the odds are low that uh, you'll have a crash or you will, uh, your insurance will go up, you'll lose your license, all that kind of stuff, you can really seriously hurt people and change lives forever as well. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers uh, on uh, our roads here in Australia or on your roads in the US to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, drive sober or get pulled over. And uh, we're going to talk about prize picks now and I pity any of our listeners who had the over on any prize picks projections tonight on the Milwaukee Bucks. But if you aren't aware of what prize picks game is, over, the game it. over hit, I think the regular game, I thought it, I don't normally pay attention, but I think the regular game was like 226. So, hey, as long as you pick the total score of both teams, you were fine tonight. Well, uh, the problem with uh, prize picks is it's uh, players uh, and they have to score more or less than the individual projection. So, if you had the over on the Chris Middleton points, I got some bad news for you. But uh, prize AJ picks Green, overall. AJ Green, Marjan Bochamp, hey. Probably, no doubt. <laughs> you pounded the overs on those guys. Uh, that's exactly right. And the good thing about price picks is there's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Uh, not just NBA. I think there was some NFL on tonight, so you could have had a look at that. Uh, baseball, whenever it comes back, they'll be absolutely into it. Uh, see the Brewers are making some trades. But all the sports you can think of, hockey, uh, everything in between, college sports. So entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They're safe and fast withdrawals. Just download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, PrizePix will give you 100. If you deposit 50, you'll get 50. Pretty simple formula. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks, Frank. All right, speaking of dirty plays, we did see one of the most violent acts we've ever seen when Bobby Portis 
Looked like he may have just uh, slapped uh, Santi Aldama on the shoulder and he went down like he was going to need a full shoulder reconstruction. Uh, look, we could have some fun on this podcast. I say if you go to review and you see that that's a clear flop and this guy's cracking up uh, laughing after he goes off, it's reversed and Aldama gets the flagrant foul for a flagrant fl- flop. I actually thought from Bobby Portis that was going to be much worse. Uh, I was surprised when I saw the replay that there wasn't much in that. What do you think? Did he even go? I'm I'm trying to remember the play. I, did he even go down? I don't even remember Aldama like even really like like going down in a sack of, sack in like a heap. Did did he go actually go down? I mean, it, yeah, he I, was he rolling like, on the he was rolling on the ground for about 15 seconds, holding his shoulder. Okay, embarrassing well, stuff. Yeah, but Bobby Portis definitely not above the frustration foul. Let's say, um, but you know, Santi Aldama is Spanish, so as as a fan of La Liga Spanish soccer, you know, let's just say this was some, you know, hey, when a little bit of La Liga flopping, you know, maybe he's trying to get get the yellow card shown to to, to Bobby. He got the flagrant, so I guess you know, win win. And uh, why why would anything, you know, it, it's that kind of night, Kane. You know, you might 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 as well just chalk up another flagrant for just a frustration foul for them. But so it goes. Uh, we have a comment here from HP Printer uh, that says, uh, when is Drew back? It's hard to say. I mean, this illness, Frank, has been going through this Bucks camp for several weeks now. And we saw players, as you mentioned, Marjan Bochamp got some minutes in this game. But but I would say that I, I'm not expecting Drew to be back in the next couple of games just based on the timelines that Serge Ibaka, Marjan Bochamp, a few of these other players have had with this illness. But they definitely missed him tonight. And Javon Carter... Yeah, we spoke about him. We started with all the praise with Steph Curry, but the Ja Morant type player is a difficult challenge and an entirely different challenge when you're talking about the athleticism of this man. He tried some of those absolutely absurd dunks and finishes around the rim. He was able to jump over anyone and everything in sight. I don't know whether Drew Holiday changes that too much, Frank, particularly on a night like tonight, but um, it was a tough night for Javon. It was a tough night for everyone overall is there any is there anything that you looked at tonight that as i said i mean you mentioned the overall dominance of the memphis grizzlies but is there, is there anything you looked at that particularly pissed you off from this performance from the milwaukee bucks well i mean jaw was like five for five for 15 for 15 points to start the game like i think i think that was his numbers around halftime so i mean really jaw was not the was not really like the pro you know it wasn't like job was just going nuclear i mean he finishes with 25 on 21 shots but he did have the 10 assists and only one turnover so it was more as his playmaking than his his scoring um i mean i i, I mean all you can you know be mad about is just the bucks just getting punked from from the tip right um and honestly it was it's like i mean i expected them to lose this game but um the fact that like they could not like literally they just got worse and worse. Like they gave up 33 then 37 then 47 points. Like, I mean, they just got worse and worse over the first three quarters. Like, again, you would kind of hope that at some point, like the pride kicks in or something, but no, that <laughs> didn't, we didn't really see much of that tonight. And, um, you know, I thought this was a game. We've seen a lot of these games where Giannis just, especially defensively, it just feels like he's kind of like, eh, I'm not, I'm not going to go crazy tonight. And, like when they went small, like, you know, there were a number of plays where it was just like, they're just driving at the basket and Giannis is just like kind of making business decisions. Um, 
you know, I'd say this is one of his least impactful defensive seasons. And in part because like they really haven't needed him to be the anchor of the defense with, with Brooke playing at such a high level. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing went well. I mean, Giannis was a minus 29, Chris a minus 28, Javon minus 28, 28 as well. Um, there, there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, yeah, the Bucks only had nine turnovers, Kane. So that's, that's good. Giannis only had one, one turnover, which was uh, on a charge. Uh, talking about Santi Aldama going on like a heap of potatoes, sack of potatoes, heap of something. Uh, that was on a charge. He, he, you know, eagerly bit the dust um, on that play. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Giannis now, he's had this weird streak. I think his first six games, he was 50% or better from the field. Then he went six straight games, 50%, under 50%. Then he went, I think, eight games, 50% or better. Now he's three straight games under 50%. So he just kind of is, you know, in a scoring funk, eight out of 13 from the foul line. His free throws obviously have been spotty of late. Um, so, again, he's just been kind of, you know, streaky this year. And I don't know. I mean, like he's not, I mean, like, like the way he is right now, like, you know, we I know you talked about yesterday about the the ringer thing, having him at number one. But like, I mean, he's not, I don't think he's, is he a top five MVP candidate? Yeah, probably somewhere in that range. But I mean, he really has not, like, in spite of like the scoring numbers being like, you know, still close to 30 on points a game, obviously it'll drop tonight. Um, you know, his numbers have been probably the worst that they've been like from an efficiency standpoint, maybe a couple years ago, kind of close to close to that. But um, the scoring efficiency has been way down under where he, he normally is. And um, yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. I think he, again, he, he did hit a couple mid rangers tonight and he did hit a three, which was good to see, but it just feels like that in between game just continues to, you know, more so the other night than, than maybe tonight, but um, just feels like he's been kind of just trying to find a rhythm, which again is crazy to say of a guy who's averaging close to 30 on points a game, which is a career high, but um but yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's the thing, right? I mean, if you want to look at it, maybe an upside here, Bucks are twenty and eight, and and Giannis has not, you know, kind of reached consistent Giannis like greatness. I don't think on both ends. I think he's got another gear, and I think you know his tendency has been like last year he was his numbers like after January first, I think it was, were just like insane, and we know he's obviously fully capable of doing that again. Um, so I think it's just a matter of probably. You know, with with Chris, obviously it's a little different coming back from the injury with Giannis. I mean, we've seen him reach incredible heights already this year. We know what he's capable of, but um, again, he's just now in one again, kind of one of these multi-game funks where his, you know, he's not playing. I think at the insane, uber best player in the world level that we know he's capable of. Um, so hopefully, we get back to seeing that sooner rather than later, because obviously against the likes of the teams that the Bucks have on the schedule right now. And if Drew's going to be out another game or two, which I, I don't know, like I, I, I have a hard time seeing Drew being out like two weeks or something. I think like, cause like with Marjon and, and Serge, I mean, those guys weren't playing anyway. Right. So it's kind of like, could they have played at some point sooner, but they just didn't because Bud didn't want to play them anyway. And it was like, eh, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. But um, hopefully, you know, obviously like Giannis, we talked about him looking sick a couple weeks ago. He didn't end up missing any games. Hopefully Drew starts to feel better and, you know, maybe he's back um in a game or two fingers crossed because schedule's not doing them any favors right i mean they could they could start to pile up some losses if um if they obviously with with the lack of you know without jury or just your margin of error is lower 
So um, we'll have to see, but obviously next game against Utah at home, you get that one home game um, and then have to play a bunch more road games. So you, as good as Utah's played, I mean, you really want to bank that win just to kind of get this taste out of their mouth. I'd be, I'd be very, I I don't want to say I'd be very worried, but it would be very disappointing. Let's put it this way. It'd be very disappointing after a game like this where you just get, you know, absolutely stomped that you go home against a team that you're better than and lose again. So um, I would certainly hope that we will see a, a much better effort from the Bucks on Saturday night. But, um, but again, I mean, there's nobody's laying down for you, at least not usually. Uh, so, so we'll just see, kind of see how things go. Uh, Giannis still 76% at the rim before tonight. Uh, I think he's working really hard. And this has been a little concern. We've spoken about it a little bit with the struggles. He's had to. It's, he's I wish had he to. didn't have to work so hard. Yeah. That's right. And so sometimes... And offensively, yeah. Defensively, yeah, uh, I don't know if he's working that hard, but offensively, he's had to work really hard. Yeah, it's just looked at times, particularly tonight, when you get a... You know, Stephen Adams, who is a physical force, uh, he, he's probably like, geez, I really have to do this again? Okay, we're down 20. Uh, this is not the night for me. And not to say that he didn't get to the free throw line a little bit. Robbie says Giannis just needs some dog in him. Uh, as we've always, <laughs> hey, as we've, as we've always said, Frank, yeah, c- commitment to the course has been a big concern with Giannis. Uh, Robbie comes up with some of the most uh, interesting takes. I'll say that in the YouTube stream. Uh, but that's got to be a joke, right? That's got to be a, just a no. He's Tucker he's joke, been on Giannis uh, for all season. Okay. It's been interesting stuff. Uh, but uh, BetOnline.net <laughs> is the place to go. Uh, it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball uh, and the World Cup. Only one game to go in the World Cup. Uh, Frank Madden's Argentina versus, uh, well, France. Nobody's uh, France. A, <laughs> it's all there at betonline.net. Uh, Damien Inglis will be watching that game. So if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Hugo betonline.net. Besson? Hugo Besson, your boy. Hugo, Hugo. Besson. He'll be watching. Uh, we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, we did have a comment here. Let me scroll up and see if I can. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it, but the overall, the overall idea that the Bucks, as you pointed to, with their record. Right now, and that's why I think when I had Camille on the podcast earlier in the week, I said, geez, let's actually find out over the next six to seven games whether the Bucks are any good right now. And there's obviously mitigating circumstances for why uh, it might be the case, but they got a response in the Golden State game who admittedly have been struggling on the road. But now, as you mentioned, with Utah and Cleveland... And the Pelicans are in there. Another really athletic team that I could see causing the Bucks some problems. Thankfully, they were also in the West. But is there anything tonight with Giannis specifically in terms of... We always talk about a formula that can make life difficult. Is there any other teams that have the Jaron Jackson Jr., Stephen Adams front court in the East? I mean, we've spoken about, obviously, Joel and, Joel and Bede and PJ Tucker. Boston with... Rob Williams and Holford. And because Grant it, Williams. I mean, the three of those guys, like, you know, because, I mean, Grant Williams isn't challenging him at the rim, but he's, you know, built like a brick shit house and flops. Like, he's got good feet and he flops, which is, you know, if you, <laughs> if you have like a shot blocker and a flopper, 
that's like the perfect one-two combination against Giannis, right? Like yeah. guys that, that will um, frustrate him potentially two different ways. So if you can roll out two bigs that, you know, can make it hard for him to get to the rim, then I think that's probably your, your best, uh, your best odds um, of, of slowing him down. I, I mean, in theory, Philly with PJ, you know, defending him individually and, and, and be behind, behind him. But um, like, I was, I was really impressed, you know, because, Adams 1v1, I don't think it started that way tonight. I think Jaron Jackson might have had him initially, but, um, you know, Adams really defended him 1v1 a lot, and I thought did a really nice job. I mean, if Giannis has a long runway, it's one thing, but especially in the half court, he just never had enough room to really get ahead of steam going against Steven Adams, and Adams blocked him, must have been a couple of times, as he just sort of got under the rim or just, you know, was spinning into traffic or whatever and just couldn't, couldn't do anything. Well, it's it's not because we had a mention in the comments here of Cleveland as well, but probably the difference with Cleveland is they can't actually physically body Giannis. Like that's where things change a little bit. Like Giannis, there was a couple of times even in um, box out situations tonight where Stephen Adams just was not moving anywhere when Giannis was sort of getting into him. And uh, I will say Stephen Adams, uh, one of the more likable guys in the league, and that's tough for me to say with him being a Kiwi, but I do like the way that he just picks up NBA players. He did it again to Giannis today. Giannis was on the ground and Steve's like, I'll just pick you up, mate. Don't worry about this. I'm going to scoop you up like a little child. And Giannis did turn around because I think that's normally the type of thing that would uh, that would annoy him, but he seemed to take it in decent spirits. And at one point, Stephen even was resting his chin on his shoulder. So look, we're all friends here. I don't think Stephen Adams is a guy that too many people want to, uh, want to, want to fight. I would he's, say. But... I mean, he he's like, I don't know if anybody is better at like being physical without like ever being like dirty, you know, like people do dirty shit to Steven Adams, like Draymond Green kicking him in the nuts, you know, every, every game or whatever. But, um, but he's, yeah, I mean, he's one of, he, he's definitely, you know, top five NBA dudes that, you know, if you had to like hang out with them for an afternoon, like who's, who's on that list, like, oh, hands down, Steven Adams is on that list. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard not to, not to root for him. And he's part of the reason why I, I mean, just generally it's a really likable um, Grizzlies team for the most part. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking at some of the numbers too. I mean, the, the transition numbers tonight, Memphis was plus mm. 10 points per 100 added via transition. That's like cleaning a vast stat, which is like 93rd percentile. I mean, you talk about just kind of effort, I mean, the Bucks. The Bucks. I'd say transition defense, just in general, has not been, let's just say, as high effort this year. There's obviously the the offensive rebounding that they're trying to do more of, which is contributing, I think, to that somewhat. But just some really lazy um, transition defense tonight. I think Bud and the coaching staff are going to have no lack of film to uh, to use if uh, if they want to have a little bit of it a little bit of a chat tomorrow uh, ahead of the next game. Uh, Robbie's bounced back. He says, don't you think that's kind of just genuinely who Steven is? Though? I've seen a couple of videos of him saving guys from falling hard. Yeah, I think most people generally around the league think he's a good fella. I remember the first time I ever interviewed him, he was uh, walked out of the shower and he is a humongous man. He was uh, butt naked with a, butt naked with a towel around his waist and a towel around his hair because he's got obviously long, beautiful hair. And he had a bag of red frogs. He's like, come over here, bro. You want to talk? I was like, all right, man. 
and he offered me red frogs. Wait. We sat there, we shared a bag but of red what are, frogs. What are and... red frogs? Is it like candy or something? Oh, it's like a. Um, I mean, it's. I know that this is not adding much to the description, but it's literally just little, uh, like jelly uh, red frogs. I, I don't know how else to. <laughs> so, so like candy. Is it like a candy treat type thing? Yeah, I guess so. And uh, that story uh, has brought Michael to say, is this locked on Bucks after dark? It did seem like it was heading down a uh, sinister direction, but no, no. Well, I was, I was the way you were describing Stephen Adams, like you, you threw me when you said that he had a towel on. Um, I thought we were going to get a much more lurid um, description of Stephen Adams. And no, nah. I thought you were going to say manhood, not large man, but, um, but yeah, I don't oh. know. This, this is, this is uh but yeah he seems like a, by the way that that impression you just did of him sounds like uh what's his name you know taika waititi's character from the thor yeah. movies the the rock the rock crack whatever k or something but he's like hey bro what is yeah. dude, you know that is That's, that an, uh, is, is the breath thing is that like a new zealander thing do kiwi say do uh aussie say that too uh, I don't really say bro, but certainly Kiwis say bro a lot. Uh, yeah. I was I just went to my first trip to New Zealand about six weeks ago, and there was lots of bros. I got called bro a lot. Uh, we have got a real winner, though, as we wrap up this podcast. Gia, who says, I thought they played tomorrow. Glad I was confused. That is the winner of this podcast. Uh, not watching a second of this game tonight because you didn't think it was on. So shout out to you. Uh, that's very well done. And then you still I get wish, to just I wish they were playing tomorrow and that they didn't play tonight. That's for sure. Uh, well, <laughs> Bucks get blown out when talking about Stephen Adams' manhood. Well, I mean, that's not <laughs> technically where the story went. I was just telling a genuine story of interviewing an NBA player. Eh? Uh, if you want to take it there, that's up to you. But uh, no, fantastic podcast. Let's wrap it up. Uh, have, you, have you ever seen the uh, the movie Hunt for the Wilder People, the Taika Waititi movie? No. It's good. I enjoy it. Sam Neill's in it. Oh, yes. Of course. Aus- he's Australian, right? Sam Neill's Australian. Yeah, of Jurassic so you, Park fame. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sam Neill's in it. The Taika Waititi movie, Good Heart, enjoyable film. I feel like they have guys who talk like Stephen Adams in that movie because it's set in New Zealand. All right. While we're, <laughs> by the way, just quickly, so uh, we have a comment here. Do you think the outcome of this game would have been different if we traded for Jay Crowder? I hate to say, uh, <laughs> no, uh, I do not. Uh, <laughs> Before we go, last one, non-basketball related, because we just do, you know, we don't need to talk about this uh, too much more. White Lotus. So I put on my Instagram the other day that I was going to start watching White Lotus. I didn't actually start watching it, but overall, we may as well talk about it in front of the people. <laughs> you recommend that I watch it, right? Yeah, I mean, and the irony of this is that um, I, you know, I'm I'm a pretty big movie TV fan, more TV than movies at this point, um, and when it won all the, I guess, I think at the Emmys, it won like all the awards for limited series. I was really annoyed because I thought the first season was pretty overrated. Um, Like to me, the first season is kind of one note. It's like, oh, you know, all these annoying rich people who go to this nice resort and they suck and the, you know, help has to deal with them. It's like, yeah, they suck. Okay. But like, I didn't, I didn't think it was really that interesting. Um, Also be aware, despite what the, first like part of the first episode sort of sets in motion like the first season is not a murder mystery i think that was part also part of why i was like i kept waiting for it to have like like to be like a murder show or something and that's it's not really what it's about 
Um, the second season, though, I really liked, really enjoyed, thought it was much more interesting. Um, so that's why I was telling you, like, I would just skip the first season because only Jennifer Coolidge carries over between the two seasons and you pretty much know exactly um, exactly what she is. Wait, so Nikki's telling us that Sam Neill is a Kiwi? He's not an Aussie? You're claiming him as an Aussie? I apologize to Nikki. Uh, I, honestly, I thought Sam Neill was Australian, but Nikki, uh, rightfully, as I Google here, yeah, absolutely a New Zealand actor. So, look, we've done it before. Oh, man. We got to do these live pods just to have people fact check us. That's that's Kane. I mean, yeah. trying to claim Sam no, Neill, bad. right? That's bad. That's, I apologize. That is honestly yeah. unintentional. Frank will know that it's not personal. I just know nothing about movies or TV shows. So that's just my terrific <laughs> knowledge. It, uh, I would not uh, claim a Kiwi. Uh, we love them though. We love the people from New Zealand. Clearly, I, 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 I watched Australia. Jurassic Park, the new Jurassic Park movie the other day. I mean, whatever. It's fine. It's a Jurassic Park movie. Uh, Sam Neill looks great. I got to say, Sam Neill, he's uh, 75 years old. Looks great. Incredible. Incredible. Looks great. No wonder you were trying to claim him, but Samuel doing well. Enjoy right. the role. That's it. Once we get to Jurassic Park, <laughs> we call it. Thanks to everyone for jumping in the stream. Normally, we talk a lot more basketball than this, but let's be honest. The Bucks didn't game. play much basketball tonight. The Bucks That's didn't play right. much basketball, so what do we have to talk about? We don't, we don't have much no. basketball to talk about. This is a night we're all going to quickly move on from, I think. And as I said, it's absolute chaos in the city of Melbourne. So I'm going to put this podcast up and I'm going out to cause some absolute havoc in the city. And we'll podcast at some point, whenever the Bucks play next. They're playing the Jazz, I believe. Hopefully they bounce back and win that game. Uh, thanks to everyone for jumping on. Make sure you subscribe and turn the notifications on on YouTube, as clearly a lot of you have. That's why you're with us uh, tonight. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll be back very soon for the next podcast. And congratulations on surviving that game tonight.